Right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program, 26 days, Americans held hostage. They're behind enemy lines. But in just, let's see, five days from now, the race to recall Gavin Newsom. Now, of course, there's been early voting that's been going on for weeks and millions and millions of ballots have been sent out. You got Kamala Harris. We won't let what's happening in Texas and Georgia happen in California. Here's what she said. They think if they can win in California, they can do this anywhere. But we will show them you're not going to get this done. Not here. Never. She is a horrible candidate, by the way. So I'm watching, we actually aired this on Hannity last night on on television, and it's enough to make anybody's stomach turn. Gavin Newsom refused to condemn the racist Democrat who assaulted Larry Elder. He had literally the L.A. Times using language. I don't even want to repeat race language about Larry Elder. And I'll give him a chance to respond in a second. But listen to this one in particular anti-Larry Elder protester shouting that all these attacks against him. You get that I don't understand that. Here's a man that don't even like his own people and running for governor. For what? He has one year to do if he even wins. He can't do He wouldn't be able to get nothing done. So why is he running? Democrats control everything. He couldn't get nothing done. Larry Elder now joins us with just, what, five days to go. It's next Tuesday, the election, the 14th in uh, California, the recall. Question one, do you want to recall Gavin Newsom? Question two. Well, who do you want to re- want to replace him? And Larry Elder's winning by double digits. He joins us now. How are you, sir? Well, Sean, I'm feeling the love. <laughs> How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. <laughs> uh, it's great to have you back. Um, I've been watch- I watched yesterday in particular. You know, liberals have horrible aim, by the way. I've seen this before. That's that- <laughs> Ann Coulter once used that line when a guy tried to throw a pie at her and missed. Um, but right. it- it's it's dangerous out there. But this would be the biggest headline in every newspaper about how angry the left is if, in fact, it, it happened to be, you know, a Democrat. Well, of course it would. And, you know, you know, this double standard, you and I have been talking about it for decades. If I were a liberal and somebody wearing a gorilla mask, white woman threw an egg at me, uh, they'd be yelling and screaming about systemic racism, foundational racism, endemic racism, overt racism, yada, blah, et cetera. But when it happens to a black Republican, nobody cares. And again, John, you know me, I don't play the race card. I'm not asking people to vote for me because I'm black or against me because I'm black. We're just talking about the double standard here. Uh, the other day, there was a front page article about me in the New York Times. It was negative. It never once mentioned that I'm black. Never once mentioned that I'd be the first black governor of California. Again, I'm not making any kind of big deal out about that. But on the very same page, right across the, right across the page, was a big article about, quote, the first female governor of New York, close quote. Even though she didn't run and win, she succeeded to it because Cuomo stepped down. They made a big deal out of her being the first female. But I'm not even mentioned. My race isn't even mentioned in the New York Times. This is the kind of double standard that you and I have talked about for a long time. And one more quick point, Sean, before you jump back in. You mentioned all these outsiders uh, trying to federalize this race, whether it's Kamala Harris or Bernie Sanders or uh, or uh, Barack Obama. Nobody has uttered the following word, Sean. Gavin Newsom has done a good job California. Nobody says that because they can't on crime. They can't on homelessness. They can't on the way he shut down the state in a more severe way than did the other 49 governors. They can't on the declining quality of our public education. They can't talk about the fact that for the first part of this year, more businesses have left California than have left all of last year. And the rate at which businesses are leaving California is twice the rate at which they've left for the last three years. They're not saying any of that. They're just saying this is the Republican takeover. Uh, outsiders are trying to take over the Republican, the, the California dream, yada, blah, et cetera, because they cannot 
defend the record. I just want to hear one of them say, Gavin Newsom has done a good job. Nobody's coming close to saying that, Sean. You know, the L.A. Times has played the race card against you, and I, I don't know how deeply you want to get into it, but I found it enormously offensive. I did a whole segment on, and then I had you on to respond to it. It's not, uh, we, we watched this happen with the likes of Clarence Thomas and so many others. Right. If you're African-American, you happen to be a conservative. You're, I would say you're more libertarian conservative than anything else. That's you've right. always, been, you've always right. had libertarian leanings. Um, and, and, and we've had minor disagreements on issues, but not major disagreements on issues over the years. But uh, right. if anything, I've probably become more libertarian like you. But, I mean, to compare you to the, to, to the white, to the Klan and the Klansmen and David Duke, I mean, I just like, right. how far do these people go? Well, it shows you, again, Sean, they're out of ammo. The L.A. Times called me, quote, the black face of white supremacy, close quote. And when you have to go down that far, you got nothing else left. Again, uh, two million people signed a petition to get rid of this guy, and a good a third of them were the very people who voted for him just two years earlier. Uh, 63% of Hispanics did. Now the majority of Hispanics want him gone. How can this be a Republican takeover? The majority of independents now want this man gone. That's all they've got playing the race card, scaring people, saying don't vote for this guy because uh, he'll do everything uh, up to it, including reenacting slavery. I mean, it's idiotic. Again, they cannot defend this man's record. Uh, a third of all small businesses are now gone forever here in California, many of them owned by black and brown and Asian-American people that the left prizes up on caring about. I've noticed that in this race, the amount of money that's flowing in from Hollywood and, and the radical hard New Green Deal left is enormous to Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom's actions have shown that he's tremendously afraid. Gavin Newsom is in the process of giving, if I understand it correctly, at least 60% of the people of California, they're getting big checks now um, from the state of California. I don't know. Where I grew up in New York, Larry, if you paid out money to voters before an election like this and used taxpayer dollars to do it, uh, I think a lot of ethical questions would be raised at the timing of such and that the appropriate time would be after such a recall race, wouldn't it? Exactly. Even the previous governor, a Democrat, Jerry Brown, criticized all of the spending. They're scared to death. And regarding Hollywood, you're right. Hollywood is now writing big checks. And it's interesting. Hollywood uh, every year goes to Sacramento uh, to get tax breaks so that they can stop so-called runaway production while voting for the party that raises your taxes. This is the kind of hypocrisy that's going on in California. And people have had it. Independents have had it. Uh, Democrats have had it. And, it, and, and it, don't get me started on the public school. Seventy-five percent before COVID could not read at state level the proficiency, Sean, and those levels are low. And math scores even worse. Half of all third graders could not read at state levels of proficiency. Again, math scores are even worse. Eighty percent of the kids in our government schools in California, Sean, are black and brown. I only mention their race because of the left prides itself on caring about that. And the one, and I've got a former state senator named Gloria Romero, a Democrat who's now crossed lines. She used to be the Senate majority leader, and now she's supporting me primarily over the issue of school choice because uh, Hispanic kids are getting ripped off. They're getting the worst teachers, the worst principals, uh, the worst bureaucrats, and the worst outcomes. Uh, and the route to leave poverty to get to the middle class, of course, is to at least finish high school, one presumably where you can read, write a computer grade level, and because of their substandard education, they're not getting it. You know, it's the saddest thing because it's our national treasure, and it's, it's not just California. It's universal. It's happening in every big city. And these are the right. cities and states that have been run by liberal Democrats for the longest period of time. Um, let me ask you about the COVID hypocrisy, because you had Gavin Newsom in restaurants when other 
people, other Californians weren't allowed and businesses were shut down, but they weren't shut down for him. Schools were shut down, but not for Gavin's kids who went to this prestigious uh, private school that had in-person learning, but not for most California children. Uh, Just like his kids went to camp when most other Californian kids, you know, didn't have the opportunity to do so. And all he just says after each offense is, oh, I'm sorry, I should have thought about that. Well, that's right. He shut down the state. He ignored the science. Sitting up there with the lobbyists that drafted the mandate, uh, they were not wearing masks while telling you to do it. They were not engaging in social distancing while telling you to do it. And you're quite right. His own kids were enjoying in-person private education, and he was exempting his own winery from the very mandate that shut down. Uh, I forgot about the winery. Tell, them, tell everybody, remind everybody about the winery. Well, you know, Gavin Newsom calls himself an entrepreneur. Right. Uh, he's an entrepreneur who started his winery, uh, high-end winery, by the way, with, uh, with uh, getting money. Uh, but he calls himself, uh, you know, a, 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 an entrepreneur. He's kind of an entrepreneur, John. Uh, you heard the line, born on third base and thought he hit a triple. So my dad came to California without two nickels to rub together, started a little cafe, and got to the middle class. Uh, that's a hard story. Uh, but Gavin Newsom came from affluence. Uh, it, it lives in affluence uh, while, while shutting down businesses. Uh, a third of all small businesses, as I mentioned, are gone forever. These are businesses owned by hardworking black, uh, Asian-American, and Hispanic people, the kinds of people that people like Gavin Newsom pride themselves on caring about. You know, the fact that they, they're trying to bring in every outside dollar they can into the state and, and Obama into the state and Kamala Harris back into the state and Pelosi back into the state and and Hollywood trying to exert its influence, the amount of money flowing into the coffers of, of Gavin Newsom's campaign shows a real fear that exists. Now, the polls at different times have had had him upside down and even. It seems like the latest polls have him on a little bit of a bounce. Um, I'm not sure what to make of, of the polls in this particular race, but I have a question because I believe that a lot of states in 2020 didn't follow the laws where partisan observers watched the vote count start to finish. They didn't have good right. chain of custody integrity measures. They don't update right. voter rolls. Uh, a lot of states like New York, you don't need any any photo identification or signature verification. I think every state should have that to ensure election integrity and confidence of results. How do you feel about the process that currently exists in California? Well, I'm worried about it. I mean, you didn't add one other thing. You can also print your own ballot here in California. Uh, believe it or not, you could print your own ballot. Now, what could possibly go wrong? We know about all the shenanigans that took place in 2020, and I'm asking people to go to electelp.com. We have a voter integrity project all set up there. Uh, if anybody sees anything suspicious, hears anything suspicious, um, uh, knows about anything suspicious, go to electelder.com. We have our lawyers ready to file lawsuits right away. One of the reasons why lawsuits were dismissed in the 2020 election is because courts don't like to overturn an election, that they waited too long. They dismissed them on procedural grounds. We're filing lawsuits away whenever we hear of anything. So if anybody spots anything, go to electelder.com. And while you're there, Sean, have people throw a little something in the tip jar. My opponent has already raised $75 million. It is estimated he might raise as much as $100 million from the usual suspects. Teachers union, public sector unions, uh, Hollywood, and big tech. So I'm going to need some help to make this somewhat of a fair fight. Quick break. It's five days away. The recall, Gavin Newsom out in California. Can a political earthquake really take place? More with Larry Elder. Then we got Peter Schweitzer of the Government Accountability uh, Institute. He's going to join us along with Eric Eggers, same institute. And uh, then we're waiting for Biden's mandates on covid And it's 26 days, Americans held hostage behind enemy lines we will never forget. Schools back in session. 
We're getting reports every day now, videos even, activist teachers out there indoctrinating, uh, brainwashing young students. One teacher telling her students, turn off Fox News, that their parents are dumb. Young people being taught, uh, oh, America is not the greatest country that God gave man, as I believe. That America's racist, capitalism is evil, socialist indoctrination. That's a huge problem in schools. Uh, so the question, you're a parent, you're a grandparent, what can you do? Well, the best way is to teach your kids the values that you hold near and dear. Liberty, freedom, democracy, free markets, capitalism, principles, the golden rule, all of that. show the mainstream media loves to hate this is the sean hannity show As we continue five days away from the California recall election, uh, we continue now with Larry Elder, who's leading the field right now. There is one phenomenon is, and I think Donald Trump had a big part in, to play in all of this. It was actually a study that has now come out confirming it, and that is that the Democratic Party now is the party of of coastal elites. There's no doubt about it. That's right. And the Republican Party, the study, by the way, performed by the New York Times, indicates those who hold an undergraduate, postgraduate degrees live in these big cities, vote for Democrats by a combined 49 points. And 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 those working uh, Americans seem to now move to and break towards the Republican Party by larger and larger numbers. I see this in the demographic breakdowns, Hispanic Americans in California, African-Americans in California. They seem to be breaking from the from the Democratic stranglehold that they've had. Absolutely. There's been a war on, for example, the timber industry. Middle class jobs have lost. War on the oil and gas industry. Middle class jobs have gone. California used to be headquartered to all 10 of the top oil and gas companies. Now it's just one Chevron, and they're increasingly putting operations in Texas. Uh, there's been a hollowing out of the middle class and of the working class. And when people in the middle class and working class leave, the number one reason they cite is they cannot afford the price of a home. The average price of a home in California, because of the environmental extremists that stopped any development for any reason, jacking up the price is $800,000. That's anywhere from 150% to 250% above the national average that can make a fund the study that you read. These are middle-class jobs that are going out. And the, and the elites can still afford to live here, even though California has the highest state income tax uh, in the country, 13.3%. But when rich people leave, they also bring their tax base with them. Out of 40 million people living in California, Sean, only 1% pay almost half of the state income tax. And the state income tax is California's largest source of revenue. So when millionaires and billionaires that Bernie dismisses leave California, California is hurting. There's less money for schools, less money for highways, less money for the kinds of things government is supposed to do. That's why now for the first time in 171 years, you see a mass net exodus of people from California and um, take that take that U-Haul from California to Texas. It's twenty five hundred bucks. Take it back from Texas to California. You do a U-Haul a favor. You could probably get it for three or four hundred bucks. Larry Elder, we're going to be watching five days away, uh, but it's probably going to take a month to get the results. But we'll be watching out in California. Good luck. And uh, we appreciate your time and and uh, wish you the best on Tuesday for sure. Thanks, Sean. God bless. God bless. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. We expect Joe Biden with his new COVID mandates, his six-point plan that he's been planning forever. 
uh, now with a 300% increase in cases compared to what we had last year. Wow. Imagine if Trump was president. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800 Sean, if you want to be a part of the program, we expect at the top of the hour that uh, uh, Joe Biden, I guess, he doesn't like to work at night. I don't think he's, he hasn't done a nighttime press conference. They had a hard time adjusting his peak po- cognitive hours during the campaign, if you recall. If there was a debate, if there was the DNC convention speech, whatever it happened to be, he disappeared for six days. And I said at the time, I said, they're adjusting his peak cognitive hour to the 9 p.m. hour only, you know, as a means of being prepared for the, the, the big moment that he has to rise to the occasion. Um, because he certainly doesn't have the energy. Let's be honest. He's weak, he's frail, and he's a cognitive mess. Anyway, joining us with some insight, he's been following this very closely, Peter Schweitzer. President of the Government Accountability Institute, host of the DrillDown.com uh, podcast. Eric Eggers is with us, vice president of the Government Accountability Institute. He's a co-host. These two work together 24-7, I guess. Um, yep. But, you know, here you got two top officials at the FDA resigning in protest over this booster shot or third dose of the vaccine. Uh you know, and, and this then gets to the question of Fauci, which we now know he lied about pretty much everything. And he knew a lot uh, that he didn't tell the American people from day one. And he was conflicted on the issue of coronaviruses from day one. And, and now it's all there. And we'll get to the intercept and we'll get to the emails in a minute. But uh, what's your take on these two FDA officials resigning? Uh, Peter. Well, it's interesting, Sean. Um, you know, the, the uh, claim, the argument from the mainstream media when Donald Trump was president was that he was politicizing the process, you know, about the vaccine, which really wasn't true. He was just trying to speed up the process. Um, the reason that these two FDA officials are resigning uh, based on the reporting from Politico and others is precisely because the process is being politicized by the Biden administration. In other words, they're not convinced, they are not certain, uh, they are not confident in the idea that these booster shots are necessary or effective. Uh, they don't know how healthy they might be. They don't like the fact that the Food and Drug Administration is being pushed uh, to essentially approve this process, and they've resigned as a result. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is, Sean, that, that um, Joe Biden, when he was running for president, made it sound so simple. Um, he was just going to uh, effectively snap sort of the bureaucratic fingers of the federal government, uh, and they were going to fix all of these problems. We know that the COVID uh, situation is a lot more complicated than that. Um, and now that it is continuing uh, to be a problem that's unfolding, all the new cases you talked about, um, he is pressuring uh, the uh, medical professionals in, in uh, the government establishment to try to get them uh, to push things through uh, to basically save himself politically. Um, and that's to be fair, so far with these breakthrough story. cases, people are warned about that possibility. But with these breakthrough cases, the odds are still uh, very likely that you won't be hospitalized if you're fully vaccinated and that you won't die if right. you're fully vaccinated. But it doesn't go into a whole host of other complications that some people have had. Um, one of the things that bothers me the most about this, and, and Peter, I've been very clear. I'm telling everyone, take this sucker seriously. I know people yeah. that have died. I've seen the worst of this virus. I know people that have survived ventilators barely after 40 days. 
and and have been on been right at death's door. Um, and so, but I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to play it on radio or television in spite of all the pressure brought to bear on me to tell everybody what to do. I'm, I'm only urging people to take it seriously because I love my audience to redo their own research, take into account their unique medical history, their current medical condition, talk to their own doctor or doctors and medical professionals they trust. And then they're going to have to make their own decision on what's the right decision for them. Um, I also believe in medical privacy, and I believe in doctor-patient confidentiality. I guess that, that's an antiquated view in America. But the reality is there are people with very rare conditions that can't, for whatever reason, take a vaccine. Uh, I've interviewed a number of those people. They never talk, it seems, about therapeutics. Um, then you have the the whole other issue about, well, if we're following the science, the Cleveland Clinic, highly prestigious medical university says if you had covid you don't need any of the vaccines are we just going to ignore that science because it's not convenient to one particular narrative about the vaccine uh we'll ask you eric yeah i think one of the things that we've explored in our research at gai and on the podcast is a perverse incentive structure nobody wants to be anti-science everybody wants to be as safe as possible but let's also be as intellectually honest as possible and when you look at the dramatic profits that some of these big pharmaceutical companies have made since the COVID era began, since this push for vaccines. Um, you know, I think it, it, it begs the question of why some of the remedies and some of the things that people don't seem to make much money off, much money off of are dismissed when the things that people at these big pharmaceutical companies that obviously are incredibly influential politically and otherwise, when they're making money off those, they seem to be not only pushed but now renewed. And as you noted, we need this third booster shot uh, over apparently the very uh, vehement protests of FDA officials who've resigned, right? I mean, I think it, it begs the question of, hey, like, let's do what's in the best interest of the people, not just what's in the best interest of the corporation. You know, we, we, we've had this, this phenomenon of breakthrough cases. One of the things that has frustrated me in this whole process is most people, as I could tell you in New York, especially through, throughout 2020, were told, okay, you have covid uh, you need to do contact tracing. You need to go home, isolate yourself from your family. Okay. If you get a temperature, take Tylenol to lower your temperature, check your oxygen levels. And if it goes below, uh, 90, if it goes 90 or below, you need to go to an emergency room. Most people run into lung problems anywhere between days six and 10. And by the time that, that it results in a decrease in their oxygen level, the damage has mostly been done, Peter. And and I've interviewed many doctors, uh, many trained at Harvard, many tra like Dr. Fareed or uh, Dr. Reich, who was trained at Yale Medical School or some of the best, most prestigious medical institutions in the country. And they've been strong proponents of therapeutics like Regeneron, uh, the anti-colonial uh, antibody treatments, um, infusions. I know Ron DeSantis set up centers all across Florida, but nobody ever talks about that either. I know a 74-year-old man that was tested positive. He was not vaccinated. He got the infusion of Regeneron at Emory University Hospital in Georgia, and he felt like a new man in, in 48 hours, and he was fine. Same with his wife, also unvaccinated. I have a friend of mine in my town where I live in New York, fully vaccinated, had Regeneron, infused in 24 hours and then he was fine too so nobody ever talks about that science that seems to exist everyone wants to talk about 
you know, ivermectin and, and HCQ. There's numerous studies, starting with the Henry Ford study about HCQ and taken early, 84% effective in mitigating some of the side effects of COVID. That's, that's right there, the science. The Cleveland Clinic science that I mentioned. Ivermectin, okay, yeah, they do use it in animals. That's the animal version. But the human version won the Nobel Prize for Medicine in 2015. Uh, and the fact that it might have crossover appeal by some doctors, I'm not a doctor. I'm, I, I just don't. I'm, that's not my area of expertise, Peter. I'm not going to tell people what to do. Uh, no, I think you're exactly right, Sean. Um, look, uh, if you look at how we got the vaccine in the first place, it was not a top down government uh, uh, effort. It was the work of scientists and researchers at pharmaceutical companies and government agencies. The point is, I think what frustrates a lot of people about the way that Dr. Fauci uh, has been handling this is this sort of top-down mentality uh, that he is the one that has all the truth and all the information. And the fact of the matter is that there are lots of uh, possible aids that can help people get through uh, this terrible illness, that can take off some of the effects of the illness. You're exactly right. People need to take this deadly seriously um, and, and not just sort of fluff it off. But the frustration that people have is that when you have this top-down approach that Fauci has had, and he reverses himself 180 degrees from something he said maybe two months ago, it leads people to distrust what they are being told. I think he and the American people uh, need to have a lot more faith and recognize that there are lots of smart people in this country that have solutions, and this top-down government approach is not ultimately the way that we're going to get through this pandemic together. Well said. Eric, let's get your take on that. Yeah, and I just think, uh, in addition to what Peter said, I think the politicization of what the solution should be, I mean, people think that the Republicans have been politicizing it, but in Florida, where we live, I think the opposite's true, right? You mentioned that Governor DeSantis has been promoting Regeneron as in a treatment to be had in lieu of or in addition to the vaccine. And unfortunately, despite the many examples you've listed, the many examples that we all know personally of success, that that is sort of dismissed. And instead of being touted as somebody that's advocating a life-saving treatment, Ron DeSantis is criticized by both the media and the people that are running for his job as not being pro-vaccine enough, not pro-Fauci enough, right? Not abiding by the guidance that the CDC says this week. Who knows what they'll say next week, but this week, if Governor DeSantis or anyone else dares to be intellectually honest and stand for something that isn't the politically expedient maneuver, regardless of what the science says, then they're criticized, and that's unfortunate, but we're seeing it right here in Florida. But we're thankful for the people that are willing to advocate solutions regardless of the political implications quick break we'll come back more on the other side peter schweitzer eric eggers awaiting joe biden's presser supposedly at the top of the hour based on past history it could be hours later Continue, Peter Schweitzer, Eric Eggers, both with the Government Accountability Institute. You know, th- this this is where it really bothers me. You know, imagine how do we get up 300 percent covid cases from last year? Um, how is that possible? What have they done wrong? You know, now it's going to be we're going to have one size medicine fits all. Well, I interviewed a 19 year old girl that t- in 2019, Peter Schweitzer, that got a, a vaccination and she was paralyzed for over her, a month. 
Her dream was to go to BYU in Hawaii. This is not a BYU rule. This is a, a state rule in Hawaii. And she couldn't get a medical exemption because of her unique medical condition that prevented her from taking a vaccine uh, and go to the school, even though she was willing, perfectly willing to socially distance, mask, do ever, any, and follow all the rules and all the protocols out there. You know, wh- what do we do when people are trying to follow science? And I believe in science. I, I even believe in the science of vaccination. I just don't yep. ag- agree that I can tell people what to do because I'm not their doctor. I mean, do you think yeah. I'm qualified to tell people what to do to be with, with, <laughs> with, with medicine, Peter? Let's be honest. No, you don't because no. I'm not. Yeah. And but but here's the, the important thing that you recognize, Sean, which is that uh, there are limitations to what you know, and you don't want to compel other people to do things when there's some ambiguity. So, you know, for example, you mentioned uh, the Cleveland Clinic study about people that have had uh, uh, COVID in the past, um, that that their resistance to the disease is greater uh, than those that have had the vaccine. Uh, They're better off. The problem is, is that that science is in the Cleveland Clinic study. There's been studies out of Israel and elsewhere that confirm that. These are bona fide, peer-reviewed medical studies. That's essentially ignored by the Biden administration and the CDC. The point being that they want to mandate vaccines, and there's no exemption, even if you can show that you had COVID and that you have, uh, I think, what they call T-cell immunity, um, which is you had it and you have resistance to it, you're, in a sense, in a better position than somebody who hasn't had it, but they're not allowing those exemptions. It's the, it's the sort of typical thing we get from government, unfortunately, which is one size fits all. And I think the bottom line, Sean, you've said it before. I certainly believe it. You've got to take this disease seriously. There are some really powerful tools like the vaccine that can be brought to bear. But this notion that the government basically wants people to be quiet to fall in line, listen to exactly what they say. Don't listen to somebody from Johns Hopkins. Don't listen to somebody from the Cleveland Clinic. It's part of the reason we have people now that are distrustful of what Fauci is saying. He's changed his story. He's not been honest in his testimony. He's not been honest. He wasn't honest, and he was told on January 31st of 2020 that it looked like this virus was manipulated in a lab. Uh, the friend, the frenzy of emails that were revealed that he was scared to death it would be discovered that the NIH funded the Wuhan virology lab and that gain of function research and coronavirus studies he knew was taking place there. And now, of course, the 900 page, uh, the 900 page pages released by the Intercept expose all of Fauci's lies. It looks like the American people helped fund the gain of function research that led to the coronavirus from the Wuhan virology lab that we were paying for. Um, but God forbid we, you know, he get charged. He gets charged with uh, lying under oath. All right, Peter. Thank you, Peter uh, Schweitzer, Eric Ergers. Thank you both. Quick break. Right back.